Hi and welcome to the Corporate Life Podcast. My name is Hina Siddiqui and I loved and hated my corporate jobs for years. This podcast is going to empower you to go high on your career without losing yourself. I invite you to join me each week as you will hear real cool stories of the real cool corporate people doing real things in the corporate world and their experiences and advice can change your story too. How many hours do you work at your corporate job? For most of us, it's 40 or 50 hours, right? How amazing would that be if you could achieve better output and make a significant difference by investing the same or even less number of hours in your workday every day? Hi, this is Hina Siddiqui and you are listening to the Corporate Life Podcast. Corporate people seem to be stressed out and overworked with strict deadlines. If you are in this corporate world for a while, you know what I'm saying here. That's not the desired state at all. But you know what? We can learn some efficiencies or micro-efficiencies that could make a big difference in the workplace, making our lives easier, interesting, and much more rewarding. Stay tuned until the very end as I have with me Faisal Hawk to give us some handy micro-efficiencies that you can learn to use on the way to being a stress-free and strong corporate brand. Voted top 100 most influential people in technology and a regular contributor for Fast Company and the Harvard Business Review, Fazel is an accomplished entrepreneur, noted thought leader, technology innovator, advisor to CEOs, BODs, and the U.S. federal government, and a best-selling author. And I'm so super delighted to welcome him on the show. Hi, Fazel. Welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. It's so lovely to have you. Likewise. Thank you. Fazel, you are a versatile personality, and I'm curious to know what three words describe you the best. Uh, You know, um, first and foremost, uh, I think uh, I'm an entrepreneur. Uh, Second is that I am uh, a curious uh, innovator. And the third thing is that uh, I'm a traveler. Traveler both uh, from a not just physical traveling, but uh, culture, books, and uh, otherwise. So. I think those would be probably the best description of uh, who I am. Mm, That's interesting. You have lived through war and famine as a child. At a very young age, you came to America from Bangladesh. And then you created so many companies and achieved big time success. Your story looks like a movie story to me. Please tell us a bit about this journey. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> well, you know, I mean, uh, my my journey is just like a thousand other immigrants who come, uh, you know, migrate from their homeland and goes to some foreign land mm-hmm. and try to make something out of it. You know, when I was a child, that's when uh, Bangladesh became Bangladesh separating from Pakistan yeah. uh, in 1971. I was, what, two, three years old at that time. And then we kind of seen a series of uh, natural disaster famines and whatnot. And then, you know, but I, I come from a middle class family. My father was an engineer and my mom was an educator. And then, um, you know, when I was 17 uh, years old, I came to U.S. Uh, actually completely against my parents' wish because my father wanted to be a civil engineer studying in his engineering school. I didn't want to do that. So I kind of left home with uh, very few dollars in my pocket. And the journey kind of Took on from there, came to US, uh, started studying in uh, University of Southern Illinois University in Carbondale in electrical engineering, then switched to computer science uh, and computer engineering in uh, Duluth, Minnesota, and University of Minnesota. 
And then, you know, I mean, before, um, unlike a lot of uh, usual uh, students and uh, good corporate folks, what I did differently is that this was uh, early 90s, uh, late 80s. So if you recall, uh, you may recall that, uh, you know, the times were kind of crazy with the economy, uh, somewhat like now, and there was shortage of jobs. So I was, uh, you know, I was already working uh, while I was in school. Uh, I worked as a janitor, but soon after I started working for uh, in the, my, my field, which is technology. And I came up with a product idea and I mailed this disc, you know, this floppy disc to a number of companies in, in New York area. As a result, I ended up getting six job offers before I graduated from college. So that's kind of my, uh, uh, that's where my kind of story begins. And since then, uh, you know, I've worked, my first corporate job was uh, Pitney Bowes. Then it was down in Bradstreet. And soon after that, I started my own company, uh, which then got uh, gobbled up by GE, started a, a joint venture for GE. Uh, and then I created a number of companies uh, after that. And uh, uh, in, along the way, I wrote a few books as I learned from my own experiences uh, around entrepreneurship yeah. and uh, organizational transformation, large organizational transformation. Um, and then last few years after exiting my last company, I've been kind of focusing on our private sector, uh, working with our government uh, because I wanted to bring some of my corporate expertise and entrepreneurial expertise uh, for our federal government. So, and then, you know, I mean, I wrote my previous book about seven years ago called Everything Connects. Okay. You know, that was focused on mindfulness mm-hmm. and, active, you know, and creativity and innovation. Yeah. Uh, I haven't written anything uh, since then. And then, you know, the pandemic hit and 18 months ago, right. I've kind of uh, taken up my pen again and uh, wrote Lift which is my newest book, uh, which is around uh, change and leadership and and whatnot, an opportunity for anybody and everybody, regardless wherever their station is at a particular time mm-hmm. of their lives. So, so that's kind of my story, you know, and, and Everything Connects, by the way, got second edition, got launched this week, as I'm speaking yeah. to you. So that's kind of my story. So and, and along the way, I, I had tremendous opportunity, which I'm very, very grateful for to meet all kind of people, travel all over the world, and had opportunity to work with uh, very large organizations and small organizations. And, you know, kind of built up my uh, personal skill set and philosophy, my own productivity rhythm, uh, as you kind of started talking about it in the beginning of this uh, this uh, conversation. Yeah. Uh, and here I am. <laughs> so <laughs> That's so really that's, interesting. Uh, thank you. For long years, I believed that being money-minded was a bad thing, so I kept on avoiding money. In every job interview, I hesitated to negotiate salary and turn down every opportunity to make money. Even my coaching business functioned as a free service for a long time because the reason I got into coaching was to serve people. Then I started realizing the side effects of my wrong money mindset. Thanks to my coaches and mentors who set me up for money inflow while serving the world. Whatever career you are into, if your money mindset is distorted, you are going to struggle in your career. And the amazing fact is that you would not even realize that you are sabotaging your full potential. Because all this happens at the sub and unconscious level. Your money stories are deep rooted, particularly if you have seen a money deprived childhood. The solution is to identify your patterns and let them go as fast as you can. 
because it's costing you your career. That's why the money mindset is a big part of all my coaching programs. Send me a quick mail to connect at authorhina.com to know more about my programs. Every success story is also a story of struggle and I believe that tough times either make us or break us. It's only a handful of people who make the most out of their unfavorable circumstances and you are one of them. Uh, thank you. Yes, I I have seen uh, absolutely fair amount of uh adversity uh yeah. whether that's uh uh not you know when i came to uh, us uh, because of my stubbornness uh, you know working uh, all night and kind of trying to put myself to school mm-hmm. during the daytime and not taking any help from my family uh that was one kind of struggle and then yeah. you know uh then as i started to have some success uh, you know in my very first my second company where i i was doing quite well and raised a lot of money and then Uh, got fired from my own company by my investor because we had a very different outlook uh so that was kind of my first career uh, you know it it was a tough pill to swallow to be fired from my own own company <laughs> and being the ceo of my company okay. uh so but it it made me a very different person then you know obviously like many during 2010 2011 2012 seen massive financial downturn and you know lived with that and then other personal adversity like uh, my mother getting ill and then my uh, my son uh, who is uh, a cancer survivor who's a teenager uh-huh. dealing with that you know we all have adversity stories and i actually wrote uh, lift partly because of you know while he's going through treatment so and all the proceed of lift goes to cancer research so it's it's you know and we all have adversities i mean yeah. that's that's uh, life you know and, and as okay. i've said this many a time that you know life is not perfect uh, but yeah. it can be interesting and and, and uh, we just have to kind of go with the flow and build up the the skill set and and resiliency Uh, that allows us to kind of uh, uh-huh. overcome and, and adapt. That's true. Faisal, almost every corporate professional wants to climb the corporate ladder super fast, but most of them are not able to use their best potential. So what are some of the efficiencies or micro-efficiencies that you would like to suggest to them? So, I mean, you know, I, I will give my own example and maybe yeah. uh, your audience can learn from that. Yeah. Uh, you know, I mean, when, when I was younger, uh, you know, uh, let's say when I was in my, the 20s uh, i was very driven and i was you know always like working you know i, I was reached a kind of a, like a workaholic state where i would work all the time mm-hmm. now in my uh, early 50s uh, i'm a very different person and i work very differently and i think very differently so um you know i think a lot of times when you when you think you're working all the time yeah you are actually being very productive and you're very impactful in my case that was quite the opposite i wasn't very uh, you know i was lot less productive trying to work all the time and being obsessed with with success and i was also not connecting with myself and the people around me as i do now uh, so yeah. two three things that i've learned is that you know you have to kind of find yourself uh, to connect with yourself which allows you to ground ground yourself so what i mean by that you know for me it's uh, getting up very early but uh, taking time to reflect and meditate and kind of ground myself uh, that's kind of how my day starts mm-hmm. uh, for a lot of other people it could be uh, they go for a jog or exercise listen to music um, you know in my case i also uh, like to cook so i, I mean I, you know like make breakfast so those kind of things like 
is nothing to do with uh, work, but it kind of, these are like self-care that yeah. kind of prepares me for, for the day and gives me a burst of energy that I would not have otherwise. So that's number mm-hmm. one. Number two is that corporate world or, you know, work is very much of a community, right? So in order to lead yourself and lead others, you have to kind of connect with other people. And that comes from being super empathetic and practicing uh, empathy consciously so that you can understand uh, what you're trying to fulfill for other people. If you want to go get ahead or, or climb the ladder, as you say, you have to kind of add value. And value add comes from the recognition of what you bring to the people for other people. Right. And most importantly, what is their need, not your need, what is their need, right? Yeah. So if you can add value to other people's need, you know, that, that sets you up differently. Yeah. And the third thing is, as a software engineer, as an entrepreneur, as an author, uh, I love uh, the fact of building up techniques that allows me to reuse whatever things that has been done by me previously, but also by other people. I don't mm-hmm. want to necessarily reinvent uh, everything. Yeah. I want to make things better than where it is today, right? So, so uh, that gives a productivity, bar, you know, uh, enablement because then you're not just wasting a lot of time that has already been done by yourself or done by somebody else right so, I believe so, too. Um, so so those are my three things that i kind of live by you know self-care connecting with other people and reuse whatever form so you know you kind of mentioned that i about my book i mean the way i write books and i've written a few of them by now i never uh, write all of a sudden decide i'm going to write a new book i I write series of articles on a regular basis, uh, you know, and then that kind of sets up a, uh, you know, a, a platform yeah. uh, that may turn into a book, you know, so, and I reuse those as a, as outline. So, so that's, yeah. that's my way of productivity game. Yeah, that's beautiful. In today's world, we are overflowing with too much information and knowledge. The vast majority of the people know what to do at the intellectual level or, but you know, but at the experiential level or the doing level, they just don't do that. There's something inside of them that stops them from taking the needed action. Would you like to say something about that? Absolutely. I mean, you know, I, I kind of emphasize the, this heavily uh, in, in Lyft talking about experiential learning. Mm-hmm. Uh, there is no better way to learn than, ex- you know, experiencing something, right? So uh, what I mean by that is that, you know, I mean, look at how our social behavioral pattern has changed because of pandemic, right? Yeah. The way we order food, the way we interact with people, the way we work, the way we uh, think about things. And, you know, it all came from uh, being forced to do things uh, that we are not used to. So so if you want to learn, you have to experience whatever that you are trying to learn. So if you want to be a better project manager, then you have to put yourself to uh, be a project manager, not reading the book and never practice it. I mean, it's not yeah. going to work. Uh, if you want to be a writer, then you have to write. You know, it's mm-hmm. Ernest Hemingway is the one who said, you know, he had the biggest uh, struggle of writing. So he kind of forced every day two, three hours in the morning, and it didn't even matter what he wrote. He just wrote, right? Because yeah. that's a practice. So this ritualistic practice of experiencing something uh, is what makes us better. Uh, I mean, you know, I'm, I'm a big fan of food and, and, and cooking. And every successful chef says that 
you know, it, it was just stop reading recipe books, learn the technique and keep cooking, right? So yeah. it, it's the notion of, you know, author, writer, CEOs, it doesn't matter whoever it is, it, it, you have to practice. Yeah. Ritualistic practice is what makes us better. And, and the more you have that confidence, the more you're going to experience mm-hmm. and more you're going to experiment. And a lot of us never get started because we just live in a theoretical uh, mindset, uh, yeah. you know, and and actually, you know, that's why you also see that a lot of the entrepreneurs are not PhDs. Uh, nothing against academia, but I mean, they they just jump into things and take risk and make it happen, right? So, yeah. and you learn along the way. Correct. That's very that's very true. And most of the time, this is uh, the mindset that plays a huge role. I have seen as I work with corporate professionals all the time. I see that they are more into doing things. Yes, doing things is important. I believe that practicing is very important, but then they need to be aware of their mindset, which is all about yeah. being right than doing. Yeah, absolutely. And you know, and there's nothing wrong with making mistakes yeah. and, and, yeah. and learning from it, but you have to be self-aware and you have to be reflective and you have to be willing to take that risk to make the mistake so that you can, you know, learn from it and do it. There is no substitute of experience. I mean, yeah. it just, it just, just the way it goes. That's very true. Faisal, uh, we would like to know more about your book. Uh, sure. I mean, you know, I, mean, uh, <laughs> I, I actually now have concurrently two different books. Uh, one is called Lift which is the latest book, uh, okay. which is around leadership, uh, which kind of looks at uh, the, the last uh, four years, five years of change around technology, pandemic, climate, and misinformation and focuses on leadership from the point of view of experiential learning and, and you know, the, the systemic thinking and, and the empathy uh, that you, you can buy it anywhere, airports, uh, Amazon, Barnes and Noble, wherever it became a number one Wall Street Journal bestseller, so you oh, can right. get it from anywhere. Mm-hmm. And then the other one, uh, which I just mentioned, uh, Everything Connects, which I wrote seven years ago, but we just released a second edition with uh, uh, you know a additional section in it. Both of these books are by Fast Company Press, uh, and uh, Everything Connects uh, got launched last week. It's already became became a number one bestseller on Amazon. Again, you can find it anywhere. That book focus on, you mentioned mindset. It's about mindset, mindfulness, uh, creativity, innovation, and and connecting with yourself and connecting with others. So, and by the way, there's also, you know, audio version of it. Mm -hmm. There are some uh, online uh, digital courses uh, provided by lots of uh, people. And as I said, that I kind of doing these uh, books and stuff uh, as, a, as a, uh, a charity for cancer research and, and food for needy. Uh, so anybody buys it, it's not going to just help yeah. them. Right, will, that's a very noble cause. Yeah. So thank you. Faisal, I love this conversation with you. Thank you very much for being on the show. Very welcome. Honored to be here. Faisal's story is too inspirational and I am 100% sure that you are feeling charged up already. Connect with me on LinkedIn and let me know how you enjoyed this conversation. That's it for this week. I'll see you next week with another interesting episode. Love you guys and girls. Stay happy and safe. Thank you for tuning in. I invite you to subscribe to this podcast and go to my website, authorhina.com for career changing tools and resources. Don't forget to check out my latest book, Secrets of the Six-Figure Employee with Zero Stress. It's available on Amazon.